Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. Fundamentally, there are two types of designers. There are consultants and there are producers. And simplifying it to that extent might feel a little bit uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable about the fact that there are only 12 types of brand archetypes and five to 12 probably types of people, depending on whether you subscribe to star signs, human design or Enneagrams. I really do want to believe that I'm far more complex than that. So saying there are two types of designers is a bit ballsy, right? Well, then this might be even more controversial because I also suspect that the vast majority of designers fall into just one of those types. They're producers. Now I just, I do want to say, I don't make a judgment call on either of the two types. It really just depends on what style of business you want. And that then depends on what's important to you. And it's driven by that. But what I do know with absolute certainty is a good chunk of the designers who are, in essence, producers in their business, don't feel satisfied with the style of business that creates for them. But what is also true is, unlike your star sign, you can change it if you so choose. It's all about working on your consultant mindset. Yes, sorry, you didn't mishear me. I use the word mindset, which is in danger of becoming massively overused at this point in time, isn't it? I get that. But if it's about a self-identity and an attitude and a belief that leads to specific behaviours that bring specific desirable outcomes, then it's mindset. There's no getting away from that. And I've touched on the consultant mindset in previous podcasts. I'm pretty sure of that. So sorry for repetition. But this isn't repetition because in this episode, I want to focus on this topic and this topic only. So it's a bit of a deep dive, I hope. That's my intention. It makes sense to start by defining the difference between the producer and the consultant mindset. So we'll do that. But then I want to share the value of cultivating your consultant mindset. Why should I do this in the first place, Beck? Why is it important? Why is it of value to me? We'll look at some of the signs that your consultant mindset might need some work. And I want to share and talk about nine attitudes and behaviours of a creative consultant. What does that person look like? And then finally, I'll touch on what it looks like when it's in action in your business. So what are the things that you can do? So let's dive into it. I can't wait to talk about this topic because it's one of my faves. So firstly, the definitions of a producer versus a consultant mindset. I do want to keep it reasonably simple if I can. (laughs) Essentially, it comes down to creative leadership. Who's taking the lead 
in the creative outcome. And whoever that is defines what mindset you're operating your business within. So someone with a producer mindset sees themselves as realizing the client's creative vision. Their role is to be a conduit in some ways, to execute the design for the client and to take action under the client's direction. So they have the design skills, yes, and the client has creative control. Someone with a consultant mindset sees themselves as leading their client to the right creative outcome. So rather than realizing the client's creative vision, they are leading the client to the right outcome, which might not be the vision that the client starts out with, I would like to say. So their role is to identify the problem, define the brand and or the design strategy and to bring that to life. And they're leading the client on that co-creation journey. So they have the design skills and they take creative control. So in essence, are you doing or are you driving? And that's the crux of it. And it can get muddy. Don't get me wrong. It's not necessarily an A and a B or two sides of the same coin. There can be gray areas. So quite often designers might start each project driving when they create the first concepts, but then the client quickly takes over and they find themselves doing. So the consultant intention is there, but it can feel hard to follow through and to remain staunch in that position in your business. So what's my mindset in my business, you might ask? Well, given that I identified the concept and the opportunity in the first place, it's safe to say that I have a consultant mindset. I own that. And it's a central pillar for me. It really drives everything in my creative business. It isn't a special gift that I have. It isn't some superpower that I have. It's a decision that I make, a way that I choose to behave in my business and something I choose to cultivate in my own mindset. And you might have also guessed that I'm a fan. I think it can be transformational for designers in business. So like I said, I don't make a judgment call about where you choose to be as long as you're making the choice to be the producer or to be the consultant and you pursue that with vigor. (laughs) But why would you pursue it? If you do choose to embrace the consultant mindset as I do, what are the benefits of that? Well, for me, the value of it is pretty compelling. It's good for your creativity. You drive the creative outcome and that's good for you as a designer because if you're anything like me, you care a lot about your creativity and you want it to be aligned to your design values, what's important to you about your design. So you want to feel good about your creative product. Now, I must say, don't misunderstand me. Graphic brand web design has a commercial purpose. It's not purely your own inner creative and artistic expression in the way that it might be for an artist producing a creative outcome. But even as a commercial solution, it should be one that you believe in and you feel proud of. So that's the first big tick for me around the consultant mindset is I think it's good for your creativity. It's good for the client relationship. It makes for a more valuable client relationship. It builds their trust and confidence in you and 
in my opinion, creates a superior client experience. A confused, anxious, indecisive client who feels the pressure to mold the creative product generally isn't a happy one. And good client relationships lead to repeat work, referral, which is one of the great things that we're looking for in our design business. It's also good for your client's business. So I believe that the consultant mindset leads to stronger business outcomes because the creative solution is very often more rigorous. It's a process of co-creation, which is more robust than one that's led by someone with all due respect, with little or no design experience, who's carrying their own mindset baggage, which might manifest itself as indecision or fear of change or the pressure to get this right because they're investing money in it or trying to please all the people. They feel like they've got to appeal to everyone. And a client with no clear direction who isn't being led will often find themselves in this situation, in these feelings of indecision, of fear of change. And so that will manifest itself in a difficult creative project and one that doesn't get a great outcome. The consultant mindset is good for your business, largely because it elevates your value perception. So those positive client referrals, those robust creative outcomes will elevate your value perception in the eyes of your potential clients. And it sets you apart from other producers. No offense, producers. (laughs) Like I said, I don't have a negative opinion on that choice to be that way in your business, but I just want to make sure it's a choice. It's not something that you're either feeling that you have to be because it's the way it should be or that you're just not being intentional in. Having a consultant mindset is good for your cash flow. It positively impacts your income. You can charge more. You're in demand, as much as I dislike that phrase, because I think it's thrown around a lot without any depth as to how you get there. But it does make you more desirable to work with. And you'll be more profitable because you're not over-delivering, you're not overworking, you're not battling scope creep or endless rounds of amends. So it affects your bottom line. And it's good for you. Because all of this makes for a business you enjoy being in. So there's lots of goods (laughs) that I can think of when it comes to having that consultant or cultivating or working on, because it's not going to be perfect tomorrow and it's not going to be perfect next week, but it's a process. But working on that will have positive impacts in your business. Now, like I said, there's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong around producer versus consultant. It just depends on the style of business that works for you. If you're in doubt, if you feel like you might be in a producer mindset, but it might not be where you want to be, then there are some signs that your consultant mindset needs work. There are some things you can look out for to make a judgment call about whether making a shift might serve you well. So if any of these things that I'm going to share are happening in your business and it doesn't feel good to you, then it might be a good time to start focusing more on shifting to a consultant mindset. So do any of these sound familiar? Your client or clients are leading the creative process. It's often them driving the creative decisions and the creative direction. Your clients tend to focus on executional things. 
and always seem to end up art directing. So they're getting very executional in their feedback. Well, I'm not sure about blue. Can we try pink? Or can you make it bigger? Can you make it smaller? Can you make it stand out more? All of that very executional stuff that has no rationale or purpose. And then you are responding to an actioning feedback you don't agree with. If you find yourself making changes, but you're frustrated by them, they don't feel right to you, but you're doing it anyway, then there's a good chance that the producer mindset isn't working for you. You see your client as being solely responsible for the brief because you're putting the onus on the client to know what they want. And I've seen this comment come up a lot recently in regards to AI. There's discussion around, well, is AI going to replace designers? Is it going to replace copywriters? Is it going to replace us in our creative professions? And the answer is generally no, because it relies on the client being able to tell that AI exactly what they want. And very often they can't, and we know this. But if we're also behaving like an AI and saying, well, you client have to tell me exactly what you want, and then I'll do that, then we're not adding the value that sets us apart from AI either. So if you see your client as solely responsible for the brief, then you're missing an opportunity. Another indicator is that decision-making is left with the client and they may struggle in that decision-making. So you may produce two or three options for them and you leave it with them to decide and they sit on it and they're not sure and then they probably end up trying to mix concepts together. Well, can you take this bit of number one, this bit of number two and this bit of number three and can you bind them all together? Because they're not being given the creative leadership and direction that they need. You might notice that clients step in and try and take control of the creative or the process or the timeline. So they start to tell you when you need to do things by. They start to tell you what the process should be. Very often when the style of business that you have isn't working for you, you'll find that your clients feel high maintenance. There are lots of questions, lots of rounds of changes, lots of uncertainty or confusion in the client. And things often overrun or go off brief because again, you're not directing and managing the client. They've gone rogue. And you might feel frustrated with your clients more often than not for all of those reasons. But you're often working long hours or you're firefighting too. Because your client's driving it, your client's leading it, not you. So you're just responding as and when. And there's no boundaries around that. There's no control over it. And you might feel the need to over-deliver or that what you're doing isn't enough because you don't believe in your creative output. So any penny drops there, do you see any of this happening in your business and feel called to change it? And that's the important point. If you're comfortable and happy with the way things are, then that's fine. But if you feel called to change it, then I want you to know that you can. And this is a great way to start that process. So what does a consultant look like? What does a designer with a consultant mindset show up like? Who are they? How do they behave? What are their attitudes? I think there are a few really distinctive characteristics that come up that you can lean into or you can think about and challenge yourself to adopt in your business. And I'm not going to suggest for a moment that any of these are easy or that there's a quick fix or there's a workbook that you can do (laughs) that's going to get you here. This is a process. But what I want for you is to be aware of these things and to start to challenge yourself 
to embrace them more? The first one is belief. Consultants have a belief in their ability and their authority. They see themselves, they trust in themselves as the expert and you feel like you have permission to behave like an expert. And sometimes this is a decision that you make. You might decide before you really feel it. Because building up that belief is a process. Way back when, when I was a junior brand consultant, I was going to a meeting to present to a big corporate FMCG company, a sizable brand strategy, and I had done the majority of the work. And going into that meeting, my manager, my boss, sat me down and talked to me about, well, how are you going to present this? How How is this going to go? So I started talking about how I was going to present and what I was going to do. And he gave me probably the most valuable piece of advice potentially I've ever had was that when you present this work, you have to make a choice to be the consultant. You have to be the authority. This is not you suggesting. This is not you saying, oh, maybe you could. You have to take control and deliver this from a position of authority and a position of confidence. And for me, that perception of authority is part of the belief. You've got to adopt the behaviours and then the confidence and the belief will come with it. So it's a bit of fake it till you make it. And again, not a great phrase, but you have to decide and do it before it actually becomes a reality. The second behaviour is curiosity. Asking questions to understand why. And I think a consultant looks to formulate their own opinion and not just take their client's word for it. But that's not arrogance. That's not believing that you're right and everyone else is wrong that comes from a place of curiosity of wanting to know and being someone who asks lots of questions and wants to dig around because they want to understand and they want to understand why another behavior of a consultant is perception and for me perception is about looking for the gaps in what is being said being perceptive is about recognizing what's not being said as much as what is being said and probing those gaps. It's not about having the answers necessarily. It's just about asking yourself, what are the information gaps here? What are perhaps the incongruencies, the inconsistencies in what you're being told? Being aware of those, being perceptive enough to see them and then again, being curious to fill the gap. Tenacity is another trait or another behaviour. So I think a consultant probes deeper. So they probe interesting words that might get used or interesting comments or loaded comments or words that a client might share. So when a client makes a big statement or uses particularly loaded language, then it's useful to probe that further. Well, why do you see it that way? Why is that your perspective? Why do you feel like that? So it's always digging a little bit deeper listening to the information you receive, but not just receiving it. Excavate it further, pull it apart, understand it more deeply, challenge it. Another behavior or an attitude of a consultant is leadership. A consultant takes the position of driving the process, making recommendations, guiding others. 
this really comes back to that. Are you doing or are you driving? And taking that position of leadership and feeling like you have the right to, the permission to, the expertise to be in that leadership position, this is an essential one. It's so, so important. I think decisiveness is another behavior of a consultant. Being willing to own decisions, to make decisions and move forward with the process and not get stuck in indecision. To be quite focused and be able to edit things down, to make them more simple, to make them more laser focused, rather than allowing things to be woolly or unclear or too expansive or too complex. Cutting through complexity, I think, is something that consultants look to do. And in turn, that's about not allowing your client to be indecisive either, pushing them to make calls and make decisions about the direction they want to go in their business, about how they want to position themselves, about what their niche is or who their target audience is. They can't be just for main grocery buyer. (laughs) If you don't know what I mean by that, you might not have worked with some of the big FMCG companies, but I have. And very often brand managers will talk about their target audience as main grocery buyer. And what they mean by that is just the person who goes shopping. Well, that's not a target audience, believe me. I think openness is another important trait and it shows maturity as a consultant and that's being able to admit what you don't know or what you don't understand yet but being willing to explore and continue to probe and be curious to get there. And finally for me engagement, being highly engaged in the process so being interested and being very involved This is not sitting back, taking the brief, keeping this distance from your client where it's not iterative, where you might be presenting in a recording, never having a conversation, keeping the client at arm's length. And that doesn't make for that good client relationship or that robust creative outcome. So being very engaged in the process and being very high touch, I think is an important behavior of a consultant. So to recap on that, on the attitudes and behaviours of a consultant that you might start to cultivate and think about how you can adopt in your business. And that's belief, self-belief in particular, curiosity, being perceptive, having tenacity, being tenacious, taking a leadership position, being decisive, being open and being highly engaged. Does that describe you? It might describe you at parts of the project, say at the start, but maybe you find that sometimes things don't stay that way, that the power balance starts to shift towards the client as a project goes on, that you lose control. So think about how those descriptors apply to you or how you might be able to lean into them more. And then the other thing I said I wanted to talk about, which I think is very important, is how this shows up in your business. How does this actually manifest itself? in your business day to day. And I wanted to share a few examples of that. So an important one is not compromising on your process. This is about having belief in the way you do things and not feeling pressured to drop stages or truncate timelines because external factors are pushing you to do it. Have the conviction that your process works and commit to it. 
Challenging feedback is a big one. If it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't align with the original brief or it undermines your creative intent or integrity, ask for clarification first and foremost, but also give your perspective and push back and maybe look at other ways of responding to the problem and the reason for the feedback rather than just taking the action. Co-creating the brief is an important one. So use questionnaires or workshops to gather information. So this is an important distinction. Co-creating the brief is about gathering information first and foremost, not just getting your client to produce the answers or feeling like you have to have the answers. So use those processes to glean information and then add your perspective and recommendations in response to that information and challenge it more deeply if you need to. And this is about taking the time to understand and articulate the real problem or ambition alongside your client and to work together on the appropriate solution, aka the strategy, before you put pixel to artboard, before you put pen to paper. So co-creating the brief is about working with your client to really delve deep into what the problem or the ambition really is and what's the best way to solve it. Before they tell you that they really want a green logo with a tree on it and they really love that font and you just go away and do that. What are they trying to achieve? Is that the right direction to take based on what their true ambition is or what their current problem is in their business? It also looks like recommending and helping your client to make decisions. Don't just give them two or three options and leave it there, especially if they're struggling to decide. Always recommend a direction when you present and step in to support your client's decision making if you think they need it. If things are starting to go a bit wayward, if they're not able to choose or they're trying to mould lots of directions together because they think that the sum is going to be greater than its parts, then stepping in and helping them with their decision making and supporting their thought process and offering insight and making recommendations will very much position you in that consultant space. Have business and outcome-focused conversations as well as the executional ones. So ask your client about their business. What issues are they having? What are their bigger ambitions? What do they want to achieve? And always relate your work back to those business goals as you work through the project. Don't be afraid to have slightly off-topic conversations with your client about other challenges they might be having. Challenges they might be having with team members. Challenges they might be having with production or their clients. Part of this is about becoming that trusted advisor, someone they feel they can talk to more broadly about their business. And showing them that you can and want to have those conversations is part of that process. A super important way that this shows up in your business is explaining the rationale, the why. You didn't choose blue because it's a nice colour. It's important to articulate to your client how your design decisions support the strategy. Why choosing blue supports the positioning that they want to occupy or the personality they want to project or aligns well with their target audience. Always talk to the rationale and the why. Don't just have 
executional discussions about, well, it's a really nice on-trend font, or it's a beautiful colour, or it's a colour that none of your competitors are using. Get into why it supports their strategy and their goals. Having a consultant mindset also looks like setting boundaries. And this is about your self-image as much as about how you're perceived. So what I mean by that, it's about how you see yourself and how you treat yourself as much as it is about how others will see you. So take a strong stance in your own business because you'll feel empowered by that and it will command the respect of those around you. And those are both essential things. It's not just about how you're perceived as being strong and as being a consultant in your business. It's also about how you feel and feeling empowered. So having strong boundaries around your process, your creativity, your time, your availability, your services, your scope, all of that, your pricing, all of those things is as much about how empowered you will feel as about how your client will perceive you or your prospective client will perceive you. It's about not negotiating on price. So if in your business you are always feeling like you need to negotiate on price or you're being asked to do it and you do, then I think a lot of the consultant mindset is about being really confident in your pricing and not negotiating on that. And when I say not negotiating, it's not just about reducing pricing, it's also about adjusting your scope to suit the client so that they can make cost savings. Be confident in your packages, your scope and your pricing. It's also about being able to have difficult and challenging conversations. Don't bury your head in the sand. When you feel that maybe there's a little bit of tension or there's a bit of miscommunication happening, hit it head on, talk about it, address it with your client in a respectful and positive and collaborative way, of course. But don't shy away from needing to have sometimes what might be quite tough conversations or fronting up to feedback you don't agree with or negative behaviours even from your client. And then there's stepping in and taking control when feedback is unclear or the project is veering off track or requests are becoming unreasonable or things are out of scope. Be decisive and step up and take control as soon as any of those things happen. Don't just let scope creep happen until it's too late to flag it or challenge the client or tell them that there's going to be additional fees. Act early on that. So those are some of the ways that a consultant mindset can take form, can show up, can be part of your actions in your business. Now I've got one final caveat to everything that I have just said. None of this means that there will never be compromise, that there will never be design revisions, that there will never be tough conversations or difficult clients. It's a shift, but I think there can be a misconception that if it's not perfect and the way you want it to be all of the time, then you've failed. It's just about feeling intentional and in control of your decision-making and your behaviours and the way things pan out in your business. But there will be wobbles and that's okay. 
So this isn't about you suddenly deciding, right, this is me now, I'm a consultant, I'm going to adopt a consultant mindset in my business. And then feeling like you failed the moment a client starts asking for out of scope changes. It's a process and you will grow into it and it will evolve over time and you will grow in confidence and your self-belief will blossom over time. So I fibbed. I fibbed a little bit, actually, because there are actually three types of designers. There are producers and there are consultants. And both have a high five from me as long as it's what you want and you own it with intention. So like I said in the beginning, no value judgment over one or the other. But then there are those who want to make a shift. And if you're one of those, we should connect, I think. Because making that shift is what I'm all about. It's what I bang on about a lot. (laughs) So that's an open invitation for you to drop me a line if this is something that feels right for you. And we can work out if I can help you make the shift. So if you're that third type and you're feeling like a bit too much of my business is feeling like I'm in the producer mindset or I'm in that state of mind and it's holding me back and I want to make this shift and I want to be more intentional, then let me know because I would flipping well love to hear from you. So that's the end of today's podcast. Consultant mindset. It's something I talk about a lot. It's something I haven't heard anyone else talking about, I don't think. I haven't Googled it though. (laughs) Maybe Maybe I should. Maybe I'm making big claims and it's not mine after all. But look, either way, I know, as I've talked about today, that it has a vastly positive impact on your business if you choose to go down that path, that it's a process and it does take some time, but sometimes it's about adopting the behaviors and the attitudes and the processes and the belief will follow, but it's also not a value judgment. So if it's not for you, if you're comfortable and you're happy with your business, but at the same time you identify in that producer mindset, then great, I'm super happy about that too, as long as it's working for you. So as always, have an amazing day. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope things are awesome for you in your part of the world. And I can't wait to chat to you again really, really soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at beckhughesbranding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.